Adventurers. I'm Josie Thompson and welcome to You Can Shine podcast, where I explore real stories of real people, just like you and I, who have faced adversities and trials and won. Today, I am here with Greg Gladman. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. I met Greg earlier this year when I presented for Coraggio on the Gold Coast. Greg approached me with this infectious smile and there was this instant warmth. We also discovered that we share something very personal in common. We have both experienced and survived thyroid cancer. Professionally, Greg Gladman is a sales team transformation expert who works with clients to help them grow revenue and profitability. Greg is also partner to Sarah and father to three children. And a fun fact about Greg is in four months' time, Greg is excited and nervous about doing a 16-day mountain bike tour through Nepal. So let's welcome Greg Gladman. Hi, Josie. Thanks for having me here today. Looking forward to having a chat. Me too. <laughs> so, Greg, I've done a little rundown on some of the career highlights of your life, but tell us the real story, you know, the story underneath who is Greg Gladman and what are some of the formative experiences that have shaped your life? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, look, um, I suppose I grew up in a, a country town in New South Wales and called Wagga Wagga. Uh, which many people know of because of its uh, its history and its tie into a lot of the, a lot of the country, and uh, and lived there till I was about twenty five, and I started off uh, my um, professional career doing food science and technology before I got into sales, which is what I'm doing now, and uh, moved up to Brisbane uh, in the late nineties, and uh, and then have been in Queensland ever since, and on that sort of professional journey sort of while I started off as a, a food scientist and, and in that space I sort of moved through doing various roles in sales from being a, a junior sales person through to a key accounts person through to a state sales manager national sales manager and I've held various different uh, general management roles uh, across that time and um, uh, I suppose the, the the key thing I wanted to talk about today was um, you know where where that sort of professional journey sort of came to a, a bit of a, a T-juncture and I had to make a decision on, you know, what I do forwards from that. And that ties into one of the things you've already brought up about that, um, you know, sort of finding out that I had thyroid cancer and then having to sort of work out, well, what does that mean and where to next? So say more about that. So you're on this this path, you know, as a professional salesperson, you've climbed the ranks. So how did you discover that you had thyroid cancer? What what did you notice? Yeah, so it's a really interesting, um, uh, you know, sort of how it all came about. Because at the time I was um, I was running a, a large um, recruitment and, and um, uh, labour hire business in the agri business sector, and I was I was working very long hours. Um, I was away from home a lot. And just didn't have enough time in the day to get things done. We had a lot of had a lot of staff reporting into me, very high pressure, high stress role. Mm. However, I was probably the fittest I've ever been. I was running three kilometers every day. I was eating healthy, um, and I was, but I was also working a lot. And I actually felt the healthiest I've ever felt, except I went in to see the doctor because I had um, a flu. 
And it was to the stage where all my glands were, were swelling in my throat. And I thought, oh, I've definitely got some flu or I might have pneumonia or I might have something going on here. And I went in to see the doctor and he asked me how long I've had this massive big lump in my throat. And I said, what lump? And he got me to stand in the mirror and turn to the right. And sure enough, I could see this big egg on the side of my, my neck. And, uh, and that was the first I knew that I might have a problem. And so you'd never noticed it before. I mean, you look at it yourself in the mirror every day when I assume you're brushing your teeth, right? I do brush my teeth, yeah. And, and I you never it. ever noticed this thing. There was no discomfort, no pain. No discomfort, no pain, no nothing. Felt fit, felt healthy. But this one doctor, when he was feeling my glands for a, for a cold, found this lump. And, and I was fairly nonchalant about the whole thing. And he said, look, we need to get you some blood tests. We need to get what they call a, which you're probably familiar with, a fine needle aspiration to go in there and suck some, you know, some stuff out and test it. And, and I said, yeah, no problems. I can probably fit it into the schedule the end of next week or early the week after. And this doctor looked at me like I was an idiot and said, it's happening now. And it was probably at that moment where I had that, um, oh, this is actually serious. Like I probably should take this a little bit more serious than what I am at the moment. Yeah, okay, you know, like I can share that. Like for me, I had no physical pain, but I did actually get to a point where I noticed the lump because I couldn't swallow properly um, and I ignored it. I ignored it for probably a month before I went to see the doctor. But um, instead of having the biopsy, we just did a um, an ultrasound and that's when they discovered for me that I had this massive ma um, mass in the right, lobe so you've now prioritized this biopsy what happened then so um so mine originally when they first found it was probably bigger than a golf ball smaller than a tennis ball it's probably the best way i can describe it and when they did the um the little biopsy and the ultrasounds they even did cat scan uh, at the time because they just wanted to rule out all avenues and it came back fine no problems no issues and they said, just keep an eye on it over the next six months. If it comes back, you know, let us know. Mm. Of course, you know, busy professional and got a thousand things on the go. And um, luckily, I put a note in my diary to just check throat. And I put it in there. I put it in the diary for four months' time. Because I thought, if I said six months, I better check it in four months, make sure it hasn't come back. And you know, because they gave me the all clear in my mind, I've got no problem. I'm good to go. Mm. And so in four months' time, I check it again and I feel my neck and I went, oh, it's, I think it might be coming back. I'm not sure. So and did it actually go away, Greg? You know, without the gruesome detail, they sucked yeah. all the stuff out of it. Great, and it great. was gone. Mm -hmm. So it went away. So this golf ball went down to like a marble. And they said, if it starts to grow back, you need to come in straight away. So four months, you know, four months later, I put the little note in the diary as, you know, all you know, everything that's in the diary happens. So... Uh, start to feel my neck. I think it might be coming back. I think it, I'm not sure. Maybe it is. It feels, but you weren't worried about it. I wasn't stage. worried about it at all okay. at this stage. Yeah. And then, um, and then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the doctor because I can't really tell whether it's growing back or not. Yeah. And so the second time I went back, uh, and they felt it, and they started to grab it and manipulate it. It was now pretty much the size of a, a um, an oval shaped um, tennis ball. Oh, so it was larger too. Larger, significantly larger. And rather than coming out, it was going in. 
Mm-hmm. So if I was to turn my neck to the side again, it didn't look any different than what it had been looking, but it was going inwards towards, yeah. like you said, the yeah. the um, you know the, the throat, mm. vocal cords, and all the internal stuff. So um, I then did another um, biopsy, and that also came back as negative with no issues, nothing wrong. And this for me is that moment in time where I could look back and I could go back to myself and give myself a high five. For whatever reason, I said to the doctor, that lump has to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a tennis ball lump in my throat. You know, when I'm you know, like yourself, a speaker who goes around the country speaking in front of audiences, I, I can't get to a stage where I can't speak or I can't swallow. Mm-hmm. That lump has to come out. Mm-hmm. I had to go to three different surgeons before I would find someone who would, inverted commas, take the risk of taking it out because of the potential of nicking a vocal cord or the other, there's a, there's a major um, nerve system that runs down your shoulders, um, from your neck down through your shoulders. Yeah, and where the lymphatic lump, system. Yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, so the, the third um, surgeon that I went to um, was a guy based in Brisbane uh, who is world-renowned for being an expert in that space and flies around the world and teaches people how to do that surgery. Mm. And he said, look, as long as you're prefer- prepared to sign a, you know, whatever it is, the waiver, waiver. Thing, I'll, yes. <laughs> I'll do it. And I had a lot of people question, you know, do you really need to do it? Is it overboard? And I said, something is just telling me I need to have this lump out. I don't know so what instinctively it you knew. Instinctively, I wanted that lump out and no one could convince me otherwise. Good. Yeah. So, Josie, then um, the next morning after the lump had come out, and it was quite a intrusive surgery because it's it's chopping basically um from the basically from the back of your neck around to the front of your neck half your head's hanging off mm-hmm. um quite a big surgery um the doctor came out the next morning as they do their you know the next day rounds and he said look um we've taken the lump out um it was all pink and smooth there was no it wasn't angry it wasn't black so we'll send it off for a biopsy just in case just to be on the safe side but it's going to be fine so, you know, next day, jump out of bed and I think, what am I going to do today? I'm going to have a day off. I'm having a, having a day off after this surgery before I go back to work because I'm, I'm busy and I'm fit and I'm healthy and this isn't, I've just been told that this is not going to be a problem. So on my one day off, I went to the city and I caught up with a friend for lunch and I get a phone call as I'm walking to have lunch with my friend from the doctor saying, hey, I just want to grab you quickly. Um, I just want to let you know that the results have come back and unfortunately, you have cancer. Oh, wow. So I remember thinking in my mind, I thought they had to get you to come in and uh, have a conversation and they tell you that stuff face to face. I, and so like my brain ignored the fact that someone's just told me I've had cancer. <laughs> and I'm going to, hang on, it doesn't happen in the movies. In the movies, they <laughs> get them to come in and say, we need to talk to you about your results. And and uh, anyway, then my brain clicked back into gear and, you know, it's something about that C word, as I'm sure you can recall, is that my brain started dancing all over the place around thinking, oh, what does this mean? Am I going to die? Are my kids going to have no dad? Um, am I going to have to have time off work? What's my boss going to say? Like my brain was doing these crazy somersaults of thinking um, random, you know, totally um catastrophizing everything worst case possible and and that and my whole my whole um previous life before that has been best case possible 
Yeah. It was just something about that C word. Yeah, uh, it freaked you out. Cancer. Yeah. It freaked me out. And then, yeah. and then, and then you could obviously tell that I was a bit um, shaken up by it. And he said, "Look, don't worry. If you could pick any cancer in the world, you'd pick yeah. thyroid cancer every time. It's the best cancer to have." And and you know, they said that to me, and I went, "But I don't want sell. it at all." <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Like it wasn't great. It wasn't a great sell job. It wasn't yeah. really uh, <laughs> making me feel better about the situation. Yeah, and then basically, the where it went from there is is that look, we need to get you in to surgery tomorrow or the next day. We need to take out your entire thyroid. It needs to happen quickly. Mm. And um, when they when they took out the this lump and they did the biopsies, they found about um, ten uh, malignant cancers in the lump. So wow. it was pretty significant. Yeah. And then when they actually took out the thyroid itself, there were um, ten um, different cancerous tissues in the in the left lobe and one in the right. Right, that's huge. Yeah. So lucky you trusted your instinct and had yes. moved. Yes. Well, okay. So what did you learn from that whole experience? Because one, it was a huge shock. Two, it happened very suddenly. Three, you went against the advice of the doctors. And now all of a sudden you're in this new reality where a piece of you, your anatomy has now been taken away. What did you learn from all of that? Well, I think I'll, I would say, what did I, what did I learn? Um, I learned that um, just because you're fit and you're busy and, you've, and, you, and you're active doesn't mean you can't get sick. Mm. Because, you know, in my mind, I was actually sort of going to the stage, Chelsea, where I was thinking, well, what's the point of getting fit and healthy and losing all this weight and running and eating well if I'm going to get cancer anyway? If I had this stupid thing popping in my head, I well, why did I bother? Mm. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe the fact that I was so you know, fit and healthy and doing all the right things and eating the right foods at the time you know, mm. helped me to get through that process and come out the back end of it. Mm. But... I think at that stage, um, I still, I still wasn't exactly sure what to take from it. Mm. But the one at that moment in time, I think the one big thing that I took away was working six days a week, twelve to fifteen hours a day, never being home or present or around for my family. It made me really think about: Well, do I really want this job? Am I really living my life for its core purpose, which is to be there for my family and friends and, and financially was doing very well. Um, anyone from the outside looking in would say that I had an amazing life and great job and great family, mm. but I was never home. I was never yeah. there. So, so really, it really made you reprioritize everything, right? Absolutely. Mm. So from all of that in hindsight now, you know, what advice would you give someone who might be listening right now who can sense something's not quite right but isn't quite taking that step to do anything about it? Well, I think um, being able to listen to your body mm. and if someone uh, says, hey, I had a lump in my throat and you know, I, I'd get it checked out because of blah, mm. once someone brings something to your attention, you know, an hour out of your life and a you know, a $60 doctor's bill or a, you know, in most cases in Queensland, I'll bulk bill that for you anyway, mm -hmm. uh, is really a good investment to, to get something checked out for peace of mind. Mm 
Mm. And then if there is something there, act on it. But if if your gut is telling you that there's just something not right about something, just, you know, when it comes to your health, follow your gut. Yeah. So listen to your body, trust your gut. Yeah, listen to your body, trust your gut. Mm. So you must have been scared, you know, especially when you heard the, the, the C word. How did you manage that? And is that still an issue for you now? How many years ago are we talking that this happened for you? Yeah, so that was um, 2012 was when I okay. was diagnosed and had the yeah. surgery. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until uh, obviously numerous rounds of radioactive iodine or, or mm-hmm. you know, sort of um, you know, some pretty intensive, hosp- I had three hospital stays. Mm. where I was locked up in a lead line room for four days. Yep, which I know that one. The time games are going through. Yeah. And, um, and you buy yourself in a room where no one will come near you for four days because you're basically radioactive. That's right. So I had three, three or four, I think it was three rounds of, of radioactivity yeah. over three years. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't in the safe zone for over till 2015. I finally got the all clear that I'm in remission. I don't have cancer. Mm-hmm. While the surgery happened quickly, um, there were three years where I was working through mm-hmm. trying to get rid of all of these thyroid tissue cells that That's spread right. through your body. Yep. And wherever that tissue is, is where it can grow. Yes. It took a long time to get to that I'm cancer free stage. So yeah. for that three years, um, I, I, I had some pretty simple rules. I'm not going to Google anything. Ah. Uh-huh. No Dr. Google, no self-diagnosis. I'm going to surround myself by the best medical experts and just do what they tell me. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of family and close friends who were trying to do whatever they could do to help and support. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, their help and support was wanting to tell me what I should do differently and what they read on the internet about thyroid cancer and and you know, just, you know, really, you know, sort of unsolicited advice that like, people wanted to give me. Mm. So I made a decision that if anyone started or tried to do that, that I would very politely pull them up. Mm. I really appreciate your concern. I appreciate that you're concerned about me. Mm. I've made a decision that I'm not, you know, Googling or, um, yeah. you know, trying to, to find every possible thing that might be happening or going wrong. I'm just going to focus on what has to happen to get right. Mm. And, you know, whether that be fitness, you know, diet or, you know, the regular checkups or whatever needs to happen, I'm going to do that. Mm. But I'm not going to let it tie my life up and my mindset up with being sick. So tell me, Greg, what did you fight for? Um, I fought for my family. Mm. I wanted to be there to see my children mm. grow up. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to be there for when they, you know, get married, when they have children. Mm. And so having that intention and that focus, how did that support you in those moments where you did start to feel a little fearful? Oh, look, there were many times that I felt fearful and you would go you know, as, as positive as I tried to stay. There were times where I would think around, well, even if I do live, what impact is that going to have on my on my quality of life? Or what impact, you know, will I die earlier because I've had cancer? And so there were a lot of things that um, it would have been easier to try and Google and find an answer to. 
Mm. I chose not to. I just chose to focus on what I could control. Yeah. And that was spending more time with the family. You know, that that actually gave me the motivation to quit my job and start a start a business. That I've been procrastinating about for four years beforehand. Mm. Wow. So it gave you the motivation to, I guess, reprioritize what was important to you and also take that leap of faith into something you've always wanted to do anyway. What did you have to lose, right? That's right. Mm. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So what nugget of wisdom would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would say, um, and it's easier said than done, um, but you know, find a way that gives you that confidence or that process to have a really positive mindset. Focus on what you can control and not what you can't control. Mm. And don't Google anything. <laughs> yeah. Don't become your own doctor because if you think about what you're likely to find, you're likely to find the horror stories. Mm. and everything that's gone wrong on the journey for someone who hasn't listened to the right advice as opposed mm. to people who have. Mm. There's people like yourself and I who have come out the back end of it and uh, don't often take the time to talk about mm. this like we have today. So, Greg, quick question. The Greg who worked those 12 to 16-hour days and the Greg who is having this conversation with me today how did he change? Who is he today compared to who he was before this happened? I'm a better husband. Yeah. I'm a better dad. Mm. I'm a better friend. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I, you know, my own business, I do have days where I do work 16 hours plus, but I do it because I want to do it and yeah. I'm helping other people to be successful in what they're doing and growing their business. Mm. Uh, but I, I definitely have a lot more balance. Beautiful. A lot more balance in time. And mm. I, I'm a, I think I'm just a better, I'm a better human being all around mm. than what I was back then. I can certainly relate to that. I think having had that experience, I, I realise that I just don't take things for granted like I did before. You know, especially my health, my time, you know, uh, pushing myself. I still do push myself probably too much than I should some days, but I'm doing it with much more awareness and consciousness around it. And kind of measuring what it's what it might be taxing or costing me, um, but like you, you know, we're both doing things that we're really passionate about. But our own healthcare or self care is definitely well and truly on the radar, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Greg, thank you so much for sharing some of your story with us today. If people want to connect with you or know more, where can I direct them? Yeah, for sure. More than happy for anyone to reach out if they wanted to have a chat or if they're going through a similar journey and just talking to someone who's been through that would be helpful. And, and probably just the email if you wanted to share the email yep. um, with any any of the listeners. That's that's happy. That's good for me. Okay. I'll put them in the show notes below. But Greg, what an inspiration and true light you are in the world. You've really shown us that no matter what our circumstances, you actually can rise and shine again. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for letting me come on today. And um, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. We did too. Now, if Greg Gladman can do it, so can you. Did you like this podcast? Share your comments with me and tell us what you loved about the interview and how it's helpful to you.
Help spread the love by sharing the link with your friends so that they too can rise and shine. So until next time, remember, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond that counts. Shine on. Shine on.